Good morning church and happy Easter Sunday to you. Um, I'm with Matt, my son, on Colroy Plateau and it's dawn and any moment we're going to see the sun rise over the Tasman Sea uh, which is always a glorious thing to see sunrise to be out early in the morning. So let's have a look at that sunrise. It's an amazing time of day as the sun rises. We see the darkness of night recede, suddenly it's bright and easy to see where we are. There's clarity, there's colour and there's new expectation for what the day will hold. One morning at sunrise, actually just less than 2,000 years ago, some women were walking towards a tomb, the tomb of Jesus Christ. And can you imagine how they felt as at dawn uh, they were heading off to the tomb three days before their Saviour, their Lord, had been horribly killed on a cross and he had died, he was gone, all their expectations were gone and now with a new uh, dawn they're heading off to the tomb to go and continue the embalming process and they must have felt so disappointed, they must have felt such a crush in their spirits. And uh, one of the women with them was Mary Magdalene. Uh, Jesus had delivered her, it says, from seven demons. She had then traveled with him over all his ministry. She had supported him with her resources over that time. And you can imagine how she felt as she walked towards the tomb, heavy laden, burdened, uh, and not really wanting to go and continue the process of dealing with his body. I want to pick up the story uh, in Luke 24 because they're in for a surprise. Uh, what they're about to experience at the sunrise would change their lives forever and in fact changed our lives forever. So we're going to read uh, from Luke 24. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, as it is now for us, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb they found the stone rolled away from the tomb but when they entered they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus while they were wondering about this suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them in their fright the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground but the men said to them why do you look for the living among the dead he is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, uh, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told us to the apostles. But they did not believe the woman, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. What an incredible change to that sunrise to that dawn. The angel tells them he is risen and today on Easter Sunday 
we celebrate this fact that he is risen. And I've asked some of our friends to answer this question, what does he is risen mean to you? So we're going to see what a few of them had to say, just ask them to speak for a few seconds each. To me, he is risen means that the victory is won. It means that God has conquered death, that good has triumphed over evil, and that no matter what else happens in this life, we can have full assurance in our salvation because of that. He is risen means new life for us all, uh, means hope, um, the birth of grace and grace in our life and walk of grace in our life. And most importantly, he brings us back to the Father and the relationship with the Father. He is risen to me means that I have hope. I can live life uh, with hope in the midst of challenges and difficulties that I may experience in life. I have someone who has gone before me. I have a comforter, I have a friend, I have God with me. For me, he is risen means that when a situation looks impossible, when there's no hope, I can know that God did the impossible. He raised Christ from the dead and he did that because of his love for me. He did that for my salvation. He did that for my life in Christ. And it also means that I never have to fear. I don't have to fear death. There is literally nothing in this world that I need to fear. He is risen to me means peace and joy. Peace that I have placed my faith in the one true undying God and joy in having that amazing God who has risen from the grave that I can just continue to praise and worship every day. To me, Christ is risen means hope. It means that I can trust Jesus in all circumstances because he is who he said he is. But my joy in his resurrection depends on his sacrifice and victory on the cross. And together that's the heart of the gospel, the good news of salvation. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 19 to 20, if only for this life we have hope in Jesus, we are to be pitied. But since Jesus is alive and has conquered death, he is risen means our guarantee of eternal hope. For me, he is risen means that he's alive and he can't be defeated by anything. What does he is risen mean to me? Well, firstly, it's freedom. Freedom from my sins. All that junk of my past is gone. Secondly, it means liberty and power from the accuser. He no longer has any stronghold or strength over me. And lastly, it is that I am charged and responsible. I'm charged to tell everybody of this freedom, liberty, and power in the relationship that I have with the risen Jesus, and that that is available to one and all. Jesus' tomb is the only one empty in the entire world. It has a sign saying, he's not here for his reason. He's the salvation, peace, happiness, freedom, and love. He's alive. He's with me. He's with you. He's with us. He is risen is foundational. If Jesus has not been raised, then my faith is useless and I'm still guilty of my sins. As a young Christian having doubts, I read Who Moved the Stone by Frank Morrison, who set out to disprove the resurrection and ended up convinced that it was true and it changed his life. And it changed my life when I became fully convinced that Jesus died, was buried and came back to life again. My sins have been dealt with. I have an immovable hope 
that I will live forever with him when I die and my faith in this life will never be useless. For me, he is risen is all about relationships. It, it just fills me with so much hope to know that I'm alive in Christ not because I believe in a particular idea or because I hold to a particular philosophy or because uh, my God's ideas are better than yours. It's because it is rooted in a person who is alive and ruling and reigning and in who I know. Like, it's a relationship. It's not just something that happened or a nice idea. It's a relationship with someone that I really know who changed my life forever. It helps me it helps me know that he is risen and all that stuff that I hate about myself or that I think about myself is dead. It's dead in Christ and I'm found alive in him because he loves me. When Jesus died on the cross at Calvary, Satan thought he had won. Finally, he had defeated the living God. But then he is risen and everything changed. Death was defeated. The King of Kings is alive and we will live with him forevermore. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing, everyone. Um, well, I've been really struck by the question that the angel asked the woman. Uh, the angel says to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? And so often I think we look for life in the wrong places. I want to ask you, where does your hope come from? Where does your satisfaction come from? Where does your meaning come from? We always have a choice where we look for these things. What kind of places do we look for them? But in reality, the only lasting and fulfilling answer is found in the living God. Everything else that we might look to for meaning and purpose is actually short-lived whether it's money, jobs, power, all these things will not last. But the one whom we celebrate today, Jesus Christ, is the one who has risen from the dead, he has conquered sin, he has conquered death, and he has conquered the devil. And he's the only one whom we find all that we are looking for. This simple phrase, he is risen, holds in it the fact that every obstacle that stops us getting to God has been removed. Jesus' death on the cross and then his resurrection removed every obstacle for us to come to the Father God, to come to the Father and to know him. Sin was dealt with, death was dealt with. There's no more obstacle for us to come to him, for us to have our guilt and shame and sin washed away. Isn't that absolutely incredible? all because of his resurrection from the death. He has made a way for us to come to the Father, free of sin, free of guilt, free of shame. Because he rose from the dead, he has made a way for us. Isn't that absolutely incredible? And not only made a way, but made it possible for us to receive our adoption as sons, which is what we were created for. So can I invite you this morning to actively turn to Jesus. Maybe you've never uh, come to God before. Maybe you don't know who he is, but this morning actually you can turn to Jesus and he will show you the way to the Father. 
What do I mean by turning to Jesus? Well, actually, uh, there's something you could do right now, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this, wherever you're listening to this, what I'd like you to do right now is close your eyes for a moment and pray the simple prayer. Jesus, I'm not sure if you're real or not, but if you are, then I ask you to reveal yourself to me now and in the coming days that I might discover who you truly are and that I would find my hope in the living, not the dead. Show me the way to God. Amen. You could pray that prayer right now and I know that God will meet with you, that Jesus will come to you. He will reveal himself to you and show you the way to God. Those of us who already know Jesus and Lord and Savior, though, must not be complacent. We've been brought into this new life with Christ, but how much of our meaning is found elsewhere? It's a good question to ask yourself. How much of your meaning is found outside of Christ? Today, as we declare Christ is risen, He is risen indeed. It should be a clarion call to our ears to set our gaze firmly on Him again, forsaking everything else, laying aside our worldly desires and schemes, focusing again on Him who is our very life. I believe that today, Easter Sunday 2020, in the midst of these unsettled and challenging times, God is calling us his church to a recommitment to holiness. I really felt him impress this on my spirit. He's calling us church to a recommitment to holiness. The Hebrew word for holiness is a word that highlights the realm of the sacred in contrast to everything common and profane. We are called to be a holy people, a people set apart for God. This means that every one of us has a calling in God. You have been chosen for such a time as this. You have been chosen for His purposes. In Him we live and move and have our being, as it says in the Bible, and in Him we find our purpose and fulfillment. I believe that today, as you rededicate yourself to God, you're going to know a fresh sense of His purpose and calling on your life. Look to the living God and put aside everything else you have been relying on and let Him call you again. He may remind some of us of specific callings that He's placed on our life in the past. There might be things He said to you maybe years ago that actually it's time to dust off, take off the shelf and let Him remind you of those callings. Let Him remind you this morning of what He said to you in the past. Let Him remind you this morning of the purpose that He wants to call you into. For others of us, maybe this morning He's going to whisper something fresh into your ear. Maybe there's going to be just a, a stirring in your heart uh, again for things of God. Maybe there's going to be a stirring again to actually uh, come and lean into God in a new way. Maybe it's just going to be a, a change of posture saying, God, I'm here for you. I'm setting aside everything else and my focus will be on you. I want to be someone who is set apart for your purposes as you've called me to be. Jesus teaches us to pray this. He's, he says, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. And we are his holy ones. We are the ones that are meant to usher in his kingdom. We are the ones he uses here to see his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. So let's be that set apart people that want to see his kingdom come. In the story we read from Luke, we see that when the women go back to tell the other disciples, many of them do not believe. They say their words seem to them like nonsense. Maybe you think this seems like nonsense. But actually Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Isn't that incredible that it's Peter that does that? Peter, who only days before had denied Christ. Peter who had said, I don't know who he is. I don't know who this group of people are. He is the one that runs, that runs to the tomb to go and see what is happening. What a great picture of exactly what Jesus' resurrection means for us. Because of his triumph over sin and death, our denying of who he is and our disobedience is dealt with. It's washed away and we can run right into the arms of God. So you have no reason to discount yourself this morning. You have no reason to say there's no call of God on my life. Actually, you have been chosen. You may think you failed. You may think you aren't worth very much. You may think you don't deserve another chance. But the grace of God that was won for us by Jesus as he died on the cross and rose again, that grace reaches out to you this morning and says, I have made you a holy one. I have made you perfect in God's sight as you stand in Christ, raised up into heavenly places. So we have no reason not to press into the call that is on us. We know the Bible tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans says, neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that incredible that we have been made holy, set apart, that nothing can separate us from the love of God? I want to read to you a prophetic dream that a lady in the UK had uh, just a week or so ago and uh, she sent this dream to Terry Virgo who sent it on. This was the dream. In my dream I was looking down on a city watching people going about their normal business with the markets buying and selling, walking quickly to destinations. Suddenly in the distance I heard many people singing as if coming from a football stadium. As I listened, I realized that this was no football song, but a tune that I recognized. I couldn't place it immediately, but then I realized that it was the musical rendering of the Lord's Prayer, a beautiful rendering rising to an amazing crescendo at the end. As I watched, I saw that all the other people milling around had also heard the singing and had stopped what they were doing and were listening. Then amazingly, they all started joining in with the singing, quietly at first, and then louder and louder and raising their hands in worship there in the street until the song ended in that crescendo. Then a hush fell on everyone and all became quiet in a spirit of silent prayer. Then the scene faded. 
She said, I know that you, Sister Terry, and many others are praying very much for revival at this time and felt to share this with you as a possible foretaste of the future. I believe that this morning, that as we come to God, all in our homes spread over Sydney, but as we come to God this morning, as we rise up as His holy people, that as we declare again that He is risen, that He is the one who is above all, who rules and reigns over all, that we are going to see God's kingdom come in increasing power among us. I really believe that church. This call to holiness, this call to be set apart, means that He is going to fill us afresh with His power. The Holy Spirit is going to come on us to give us all that we need, to empower us, to give us boldness. And as we declare who Christ is this morning, that He is risen indeed, we're going to know the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And that is going to lead to a growing transformation of our city. I'd like you to take a moment now to let the Holy Spirit reaffirm your calling to holiness. Remembering that holiness is not just about not sinning, it's being this people set apart, called to, for His purpose, called to press into all that He has for you. Now, I know some of you are at home with kids and in the noise uh, and craziness of little kids and you might not have a silent moment to reflect. But God actually can meet you even in that. It's no problem for Him at all. Wherever you're watching this, He can meet with you. But I also want to ask you to take a moment, maybe later in the day, when you can draw aside and just sit with God, allow Him to speak to you, allow Him to call you afresh as His people this morning. As we celebrate that He is the risen King, allow Him to call you.